We don't grow alone. We flourish when we do life together. To flourish means to grow or develop in a healthy way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. Join me for conversations about growth and change as we talk about what it means to flourish and create the community you crave. You're listening to the Flourish Together podcast, and I'm your host, Andrea Worley. This is episode 56 with Jamie Nato. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. Oh my goodness, it has been such a long time since I sat down, recorded, and was able to share conversations with you guys. But I am excited to be back sharing with you guys these really, really wonderful conversations that I've been having with some guests and sharing some episodes solo, just myself talking about what we've been doing the last several months since just everything in the world has been going on. If you're not following me on social media, aside from what's going on in our world, personally, my family and I picked up, moved across the country earlier this spring, and it has just been a wild but very good uh, transition, and I can't wait to share more of that with you guys. But today, the episode is with Jamie Nato. I have known Jamie for a long time in this internet space, and it took us a while to get this interview scheduled and it had to be canceled and rescheduled, but I'm excited to finally share this conversation with you guys. Jamie is just such a delight and one of the funniest people on the internet, in my opinion, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. A few things we're going to talk about in the episode is her marriage journey with her husband and uh, the infidelity that they experienced early on in their marriage and the restoration that God has done. We're also going to chat about entrepreneurship and her mentorship of women in that same space. So I hope you guys will grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you want, snuggle in and listen to this episode with Jamie Nato. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the show. I'm glad that you're here. Hey, thanks for having me. So I know you. I know you from the internet land and your blog and have been just a long time um, follower of yours and enjoy the work that I see you do online. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, so, sorry, you asked me to talk and I get a tickle in my throat. This is how my life works. But um, I'm Jamie Nato and I live in Kansas City and I have four kiddos, been married for 13 years, I think, could be 12, (laughs) bad at numbers, and um, have just been blogging and on the internet, creating stories and, you know, embarrassing myself and, um, Having fun with my followers, I think, is just, I'm passionate about um, really connecting with people who are in my online community. And I think um, I'm not there to, you know, although this is a tangent, but I'm not there to, like, take from them. I'm there to just show up with light and love and and Jesus, really. And, and that's what I build my whole, um, business on and, and just how I 
do the internet. It's, it's a strange world out there. So. Yes. I love it. Whenever I point people to your page, one of the things that I always tell people is you, you really are one of the funniest people on the internet. I think so. I, I try to tell my husband that and he does not think I'm that funny. So I'm like, get on my level, sir. <laughs> right. Well, we have it on record here. So you just have him listen to this. Thank you. Thank you. I will accept any awards um, that you may send my way. <laughs> I love the, um, whenever I need a good laugh, uh, your trash craft highlight uh, on your stories. It is so funny. And one of my favorite things to do is when my kids are at school is to go into their rooms and throw stuff away. Right. It has, it's kind of a thing that we do under the cover of night or when they're away, you have to go in and like, even like the things they make for me and they're so sweet and they even have like a cross on them and like a, you know, it's like, it's so religious and they made it for me. And I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry, but I have to throw this in the actual dumpster because it is so heinous, but you know, heinous art for the Lord. Every, every art, you know, is a joyful noise to the Lord. So I'm like, Oh Lord, you can take this one to heaven because I cannot <laughs> keep any more there. And then they make creations that look like other things. Did you see the trash craft where that my daughter made like a, seal or something but she painted it brown and it just looked like a, literally a piece of poop on my counter for, <laughs> with eyes and I was like I have to throw you away sir yeah and sometimes you have to ask them what exactly is this because that might be open to interpretation never guess never yeah. guess yeah uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about that I know is part of your story and part of you and your husband's story is uh, marriage and your heart for marriage ministry and couples. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, before I even talked about our marriage struggles on, I, I used to blog more than I do now, um, but I, you know, I was just like, I'm a mom at home. I'm writing because my kids are hilarious and I'm just needing an outlet to kind of connect with other moms. So even before any of that happened, I was telling stories and communicating with many, my, you know, 400 followers or like my mom and my grandma and, um, you know, keeping our memories and all that because it's all blur. But as you all know, like you're living life and then you have a major interruption, like a great loss or grief or um, just something explodes your life and it's unexpected and not for the plan. And for me, that was my husband um, cheating on me and really early on in marriage. And that was, you know, about three years in that I found out or two and a half and um, dealing with that huge loss that rocked my world as kind of a believer who did all the right things and mm -hmm. was i called i i look back on it now and say i really thought i was an a plus christian like i was in the small groups and we were leading a small group and we were in the front row at church basically and and all the right things and and i really loved the lord and i just thought i do not understand why my husband would choose to do this i've been doing everything right and kind of like god owed me because i made all the right choices like he owed me a really great life in return and that is not what happened and so you know my identity is crushed i'm not a good wife apparently 
Um, and then when that happened, I wasn't a great mom either because, you know, you're just devastated and you're just trying, you're trying to stay alive. So, um, all my identity was taken away and I thought I am going to have to never show my face again at church in my, in my neighborhood. Everyone knows what happened. It wasn't a private, it wasn't a private matter. It just all went up in flames in front of everyone. And and so I just had to deal with God on a very new level for me and get to know God for who he is and how he would be with me and comfort me during such a huge, huge loss. And so I didn't write about that right away, of course, and I don't recommend that you um, write about such a loss while you're a crazy person, because I certainly was. <laughs> and, and, and also not everyone can like, you know, forgive Love covers a multitude of sins, right? So like you may tell these stories and people cannot catch up to your forgiveness or your, the, the love that you have. Not my friend said like, yeah, we love NATO, but we are not in love with him. So we can't actually recover from that. <laughs> so lessons learned, but um, I did eventually start writing about it after we had done a, a significant amount of healing and restoration and therapy and, you know, lived life a little bit. And, and then I thought, well, I feel compelled to share the story. So I kind of told that story to my audience wondering, I mean, you know, it's a great leap of faith. You wonder at that time, probably eight years, I don't know, seven years ago when I talked about it, it just was not a topic you talk about. And mm -hmm. it still is weird. It's, it's a still, still very weird topic to bring up in Christian circles. Um, and so, and so that's how I actually started building my platform was, um, a platform on God has to be your only hope, you know, in these times, God has to be the answer. And if it's not, you're going to be deeply devastated like I was, I mean, but that's how I learned. So that's the long story. You probably wanted a more brief. <laughs> no, it's good. I think it's good for people to hear. I think it's good for people to hear that there's things that you probably don't want to be doing right out the gate when you're experiencing a hurt or a betrayal. And that probably could apply to lots of areas of life. Um, I was just having this similar kind of conversation with a girlfriend of mine over the weekend. And we were just kind of saying, we're not really sure it, like what's in the water or if it's the timeline of things, but we have a lot of friends that are walking through marriage, hurt and betrayal and, it seems to just kind of all of a sudden be in your face. And if we take a step back, we know nothing happens in a vacuum, right? Uh, but it just seems like it's right there. And um, even my husband and I, uh, we haven't experienced, we've experienced our own, you know, years. I mean, that's how marriage is, right? But we really realized a few years ago, you know, that no one was going to stick up for our marriage and protect it like we were going to, you know? and that it was necessary to be proactive and all of those things and, and to fight for your marriage, even when you don't think it's like a big deal. I remember a, we spent a year in marriage counseling, just hammering out nitty gritty stuff and working through things, you know, and on the outside, it might have looked like, why are you doing that? I mean, I even had friends at the time that, you know, I'm a huge advocate of counseling, marriage counseling, personal counseling, all the counseling you know, and I think it's this lie we buy into that things have to be really bad before you go 
to that route of counseling, right. you know, but it, in actuality, it's one of the best things that you can do. What would you say about that? Yeah. I mean, actively pursuing each other is, um, is a task. It is sometimes very difficult. I mean, we just have to work so hard in our brains and minds and hearts to keep our spouse as like the number one lover, right? Like, I mean, aside from God, your faith in God, um, it is, I've been thinking about that a lot lately is just like, you have to stay on top of that. You have to, to constantly decide to believe the best about your spouse and you have to constantly decide to spend time with them above other things. And, you know, in your thought life, you are constantly thinking, oh gosh, did that hug from so-and-so feel a little too good? Like, what did I feel like seen and loved by this other male? Like, I mean, just having those super honest, honest self-aware conversations and taking those thoughts captive, exposing them to the light mm -hmm. and, and moving forward really, I, I think is, is what we're missing. We're distracted. We're a very distracted culture. We've lost our way a little bit and, and we tend to do it aggressively during the election season. So we are desperate to, to lose our way as sheep that, you know, are, we're desperate to sin. We, we love it. And that's actually, we want, we want sin. And so just being that self-aware that our hearts are very, very confused and very dark a lot of the time. So, you know, that's it's just self-awareness and um, recognizing our need for the cross. And that only came, that came, my faith, my, that affair and that, the infidelity that happened in our marriage and me coming to God so desperate, that now informs everything that I do now, including, you know, aggressively keeping my husband at the center of, of my love and my affection. And, um, and he's the same. I mean, we every day are connecting on a soul level because we know that it can just get so crazy out there and, and our affections can be taken, you know, to our children to, which is fine. You know, in some regards, it's fine. It's just, that can't be the first thing, right? Like, your children can't be above God and your children can't be above your spouse. It's not meant to be like that. It's meant to be, you know, this order of things so that we can love our children well and our community well. And, you know, that spills out from that, but we work, um, we work tirelessly to, because we know what's at stake. I mean, we yeah. literally almost, I, we were going to get a divorce. I was like, sorry, I can't live with you actually, because you did this horrible thing to me and my dad's an attorney. <laughs> That's unfortunate <laughs> for you. So I'm going to have to screw you over pretty bad. I mean, that was my, that, it, that was my first response is I'm just going to have to crush you now that you took everything that was important away from me. And that's God worked a miracle in my heart. God showed me, you know, you are your, actually you are your husband. That's what you do to me every day. Like you chase after things. Um, and go after things and give yourself away to other things. And yet, what do I do for you? You know, he, he forgives me. And so that informed my forgiveness for my husband. Um, his repentance also informed us staying together. But, you know, it's all of those things. When people say like, oh, how did you, 
how did you this these are my direct messages all the time like i don't understand how you know like how do you recover from that and i'm like you know on one hand i'm not sure i that it's a supernatural forgiveness yeah. like on the one hand it just had to be god and so that's what i attribute it to but i feel like that's a i don't know i just that might be too christiany because on the other hand we worked our butts off to like relearn how to be married and relearn what a marriage is in light of the gospel and relearn how to keep our affections stirred for one another i mean it was just it was a really full-time job and a lot a lot a lot a lot of therapy so i can't recommend that enough so if somebody is going through something similar in their marriage where would you tell them to start well i would just the temptation will be to continue to remain a victim in that mm -hmm. you you keep your spouse's secrets for them and you protect them more than you are protecting your own heart and soul so i would say just talk about it you need to tell someone and mm -hmm. who are close to you you need help and you can't do this alone and so secrets are not your friend i would say you're not protecting anybody by keeping it a secret it's everything comes to the light by the way so we, you mm -hmm. can try your hardest to keep it a secret to your grave it's just it doesn't work like that and i would just say don't let it eat you alive talk to someone get into a therapist's office there's many therapists work on a pay scale um and a real therapist we don't you know people say well we talk to our pastor well we talk to our best friends i'm like that's so good actually that's really great and you should do that but that is not a trained therapist that yeah. is going to be able to mediate to give you skills to give you tools to call the others bs right like you know pastors and best friends aren't trained to do that um, they are going to stand with you. They're going to probably gonna be really loyal. They might give some great advice, but they are not trained as a professional. So I would say uh, we, that's what we spent our money on for a long time. We just didn't, we didn't go out to dinner. That was a day mm -hmm. night. It was going to therapy. So we just rearranged our finances, cut out so much so that we could, I went to therapy by myself. He went to therapy by himself and then we went together and that was mm -hmm. in a week. And that's on top of, meeting with our best friends, meeting with our pastors. Um, you know, I mean, it is literally a full-time job and people ask, how did you do it? And how it went so fast, or it looks like it went so fast. And I, I just think, well, we, it was our full-time job. I don't know what else to say about that. It's, it's a lot of tenacious effort on both sides. You were committed to trying to repair it and find healing. Well, you want to exhaust yourself. I'm just, mm -hmm. it's a, it's so sacred. And it just, just because the other, you know, your spouse didn't see it as sacred. And so maybe they stepped out in a way that is so harmful and hurt you so deeply, but that doesn't change that. I think this is a sacred, sacred establishment with many, you know, I, I, what I told myself is just, if you can look back on this and say like, you really exhausted yourself in in a you tried so hard for reconciliation mm -hmm. you did everything you could you you know and then you leave the rest up to god but i wanted to look back on it and say 
that definitely wasn't half-hearted. I went that I went all in on that just to sleep at night, you know, just for peace for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's not, you can't put a price on peace for yourself. And, and for me, I, so that's how we, that's how we worked. Thankfully he was as committed or more, more so. Cause there were some times I was like, well, I have to pack my bags and go to my parents <laughs> forever. So bye. But you know, I'm tired. I'm actually tired of this. I don't deserve this. I didn't ask for this. Like I'm going, but overall I remained committed. So what would you tell somebody who has a friend that's, you know, maybe another woman in their life, their friend who is going through something in their marriage, a hurt, a betrayal, how can they practically be there for their friend? Because I think sometimes these things happen and we, we feel paralyzed with what can we do uh, besides the pray for them, of course, and, and how do we show up for our friends that are hurting in that way? I mean, there's, you're just, you'll have to dig deep here, but you know, use your gifts. And for some people that's cooking, for some people that's cleaning, for some, you're going to have to tangibly, I mean, mm-hmm. someone going through this is literally um, limping, possibly not even limping. They're just lying in the road. They don't actually need your advice. They don't need you to tell you, they don't need you to tell them how to get a divorce or how to get or what to do, or you should do this, or I would never do this, or I, you know, they actually, that's a lot of noise for them. Mm-hmm. I would say when you think about the guy on the side of the road in the Bible and all the people that passed by them, um, you know, it feels like it's an alone journey. It's very alone when you're going through this, especially in the Christian community, because no one knows how, what to do with mm-hmm. you. And yeah really it was the person who just tangibly would lift me up and say like, Hey, next up, we're going to get you in the shower. And sometimes we need just food or someone to come. I had a group of girls, one group took me out to dinner and the other group stayed back and cleaned my house. And, um, just things like that, guys that would come over and take out the trash for me. Um, guys that would come over and throw my kids around in the backyard, you know, when we were separated. I mean, there's just so many tangible things that you can do offering to pay a bill for someone. Or um, I think it just boils down to like, you're going to need to just tangibly find ways to love them. Even if they're like, no, no, don't do that. Whatever. Just do it. Ask for forgiveness later, help them knock Mm -hmm. on their door, say, I know that you feel like you're a trash can person, but (laughs) We're going out to lunch, go put some bronzer on, <laughs> get out of those sweats and, you know, just, or let me babysit and you go to target by yourself, you know, just get ground level, but spare the, spare the advice and unless they ask for it and spare the, there's really not a need for tons and tons of words. They're going to mm. need to talk to you more than you're going to need to talk to them. And you know, it's just, they're, they might be a crazy person for a little bit. So give them a lot of grace for all the crazy things that they're going to say. I still, to this day, cringe at the many, many horrible, weird things that I said. So, (laughs) you know, but just you're, you're not in your right mind. Your world's been flipped upside down. So just know that it's a dark, dark hole that they're in. That's good. And you have a lot of resources and different things that you're, you and your husband have done separately and together all on your blog. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes so people can 
connect with you more and hear more of your guys' story and hear some of the um, like podcasts and other videos you guys have done on this. Right. There's a, there's a lot out there. Mm -hmm. um, switching gears a little bit. I want to talk about your entrepreneurship and your entrepreneurial spirit. You and your husband work together a little bit, but then you also have your own individual businesses. Can you talk a little bit about your businesses? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm a multi-passionate person. I don't know if you do Enneagram, but I'm a seven and I just need to constantly be stimulated and mm -hmm. be having fun and be creative and ideas, but I'm really, really horrible at like implementing them. So, um, my husband will say like, Oh, those are really fun ideas for your 18th <laughs> idea by 10 AM. Why don't you pick one that you're really loving right now or that you can't get out of your head and I will, I'll try to implement that. So, um, you know, that's kind of how we work. He is a, an achiever. Like he wants to like take the idea. He's not much of like, mm -hmm. he doesn't sit down and like dream and like have a vision for what, but he loves to like carry out someone's vision and, um, is good at managing and all that. So I don't know. I, I just think that we work well together and, so I started an essential oils business with Young Living a long time ago, six or seven years ago. And that is our, our big one. And then we, um, I mentor women as another business through that, just helping women start their own business and um, being their biggest cheerleader and, and resources for that. And then we have a rental property that is, LOL during COVID. Like, you know, we got it going, we renovated it, we're ready and we have it booked up and then COVID comes and we're like, just kidding. So we used our rental property more than it ever was rented, but it was like a sanity saver. And, um, and, and we're getting that back up and going now. Things have changed a little bit. And then we accidentally bought the coffee shop around the corner because I kept driving by it as we went to this like rental property. Not really. I mean, it's not even a rental. It's like for retreats. So it's not like you don't rent it out to everyone. I feel like I'm going to get messages and be like, hey, I'm like, actually, I take that back. It's for retreats. Um, and we just wanted to make a safe place for people to land. But when I kept, you know, you make a bazillion trips when you're renovating a property and mm -hmm this little piece of, it was a coffee shop before, but it was like never open or we would go in and I couldn't eat anything because I have, my family has dietary restrictions or whatever. I just thought, gosh, this location is so good. If it just needs, it needs a lot of paint. It needs <laughs> new floors. It needs new staff. It needs new everything. And I kept talking about it. And my husband was like, how about you stop spending all of our money and maybe like just chill. And I'm like, okay, sure. I can't get it out of my head though. And um, then we finally just, he broke down and bought it. So that's been a really fun project to run a brick and mortar. I'm used to mm -hmm. running only online in the online space. And it's been really interesting to pivot into an, a brick and mortar and just learn how to train train staff one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. learn how to be mentored. I mean, that's a skill, like asking for help from a local coffee place. Um, and then just digging deep in that community. That's been like a huge blessing to be kind of this anchor in a community that we didn't even know existed, mm -hmm. you know? So we're just kind of 
digging deep in that way, but community is one of our favorite things to do. So lots of things happening right now. And then we have a lot of other dreams and stuff that we want to come to fruit, but, um, you know, it's just trying as an entrepreneur, you're always trying to, um, look at your life, look at your passions, look at the trends, and then see something for the future for you. And so mm -hmm. entrepreneurs cannot help themselves. Like we cannot help it, but pioneer, get something up and running and either sell it or pass it off or mm -hmm. keep it or, you know, and then you move on to the next thing. We just, we just can't help it. So it keeps me, uh, it, it just keeps it fresh for me. I need to do stuff like that. That's good. I love it. I feel very similar to that bend of just doing a lot of things and having lots of ideas, whether they all come to fruition or not. Um, I'm sure my husband probably feels similar to yours. Sometimes I get an eye roll of, okay, what are, what are you doing now? What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like the girl around the corner that when people ask me, what do I do? It's like, how much time do you have? You know, always. I'm like, um, and you really, I mean, I actually like if I could, if I could say something to, to entrepreneurs out there or people who have their own business, like it's really important that you hone in that, we call it an elevator pitch, mm -hmm. that, that one minute thing that you can encompass can kind of encompass what you do, that you keep people excited and engaged and they keep you know, where you want to make a connection with someone. So they say, actually, she said she does this. I'm going to look her up. And I make, you know, a lot of friends that way. Um, they, not everybody needs to know everything. They don't need to know, like when you said, what do you do? And I told you the eight hour, whatever. Mm -hmm. if, if a stranger were asking like, oh, what do you guys do? I would not say that. I would say, I do a lot of social media entrepreneurship. I'm super passionate about mentoring and building up women to know how to run a business on their own. Mm -hmm. um, and just very multi-passionate and excited about the new stuff that's, that's out there for me. And people are like, literally, they don't know what to do with that. Cause they're <laughs> used to someone being like, I am a teacher. I am, I, a, yeah. you know, or not, it's not bad to be a teacher or whatever, but you don't hear someone with excitement mm -hmm. say, you know, Oh, well, I do. I'm just a multi-passionate person. I have a lot of balls up in the air and mm -hmm. I am like a crazy person, but it's exciting. And people are kind of drawn to that energy. So if you can kind of get a quick pitch, it, it's, it's a great networking tool and it's mm -hmm. a great way even for you to know like, Oh, what am I doing? Actually, right. if you're multi-passionate, you actually need to know what you're doing. Mm. <laughs> And be confident to, when you say it to people that you actually believe it and know exactly what it is you do. Right. I always think this, so I'll ask this question to you. Does the way that you do business and being an entrepreneur, does it change how you look at your kids and when they kind of say what they would want to be when they grow up? Because I remember growing up and it was kind of like, you have this path, you like choose one thing and um, really kind of struggling with that the older that I got when it came time to choose a career path, you know, mm -hmm. but you choose it and then for better or worse, you, you realize, you know, I, I want to pivot here or whatever. So I always like think that that mindset changes a little bit how I look at my kids and, you know, look at the future. Yeah. I, and that is, you know, we tend to make children that are a little bit like us. And so 
I recognize an entrepreneur when I see one, mm -hmm. but I don't pigeonhole them at all. I think childhood is such a, it's a tender time and they're, you know, halfway not, they're so resilient and halfway not listening to what you say. And it's yeah. funny what they do keep <laughs> in their memory and what they, you know, they latch onto these things and then don't latch onto other things. But, you know, I have a couple kiddos that are just so entrepreneurial and I just try to encourage like, Hey, I'm really proud of you for going door to door. And, um, Penelope, my little one, she was, it was last year, she's eight or seven or eight. How old is she now? God, who knows? Um, they just keep growing and I can't keep track, but she went door to door singing. So this is not Christmas time. This is not like she learned to go caroling during the Christmas season in the cold and our neighbors gave her money because she carried a box for money. And um, it's like a subtle hint, subtle singing for the Lord and money. And just would go to each house. Well, here comes, if the weather gets nicer again, and she loves that feeling. She's like, I'm gonna go um, sing again to all the neighbors. And I'm like, really? Just so we are gonna go caroling in the spring. She's like, oh yeah, no, I'm just, I'm changing up the music, obviously but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go raise money for, and she would have either a cause or something that she would tell the neighbors, like, my mom needs help paying for me to go to camp. She would tell some horrible sad <laughs> story. And I'm like, I, and then my neighbors tell me, I'm like, actually, I don't need her $2, but I will not tell her that. Um, so I just try to encourage it. Like, Hey, that's, that's amazing. I'll watch you mm -hmm. from the go do it. I'm not doing it with you. Like I, I'm, I let them, if that's your business, I'm going to watch you from the front step and I'll do a little coaching maybe, but you know, they're smart kiddos. And I grew up doing that. I sold rocks to my neighbors mm -hmm. uh, from their own yard. It was really a savage, <laughs> savage moment in life. But I think get those new kids on the block trading cards. So it's very motivated and, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of in you. And so maybe instead of telling them what they can or can't do, I would say, look at what they're already doing mm -hmm. and either throw, throw a little bit of money at it or throw a little bit of words at it, throw a little bit of encouragement on it, throw some currency, uh, in some way and, and get them excited about what they're doing. And, you know, Lane now is, 14 and when he he during the Kansas City Royals series he did origami players of each of the players so talk about an entrepreneur you're finding what is hot right then you're creating something quickly and then he went door to door with a wagon and sold them to all of our neighbors at the height of the the world series where everyone was buzzerk and buying anything royals mm -hmm. they were paying him 20 bucks for these origami paper things. They were really cute, but not worth $20, but <laughs> everyone is just throwing money at him. And he's so excited. This little wagon, this bike going door to door and just talking to him now. And he said the other day, I was doing a something business related. I'm, Oh, I have to get on this call. I have to, you know, and he's like, mom, I think I could, I think I could, I think I want to be in business. And I'm like, just stopping whatever I'm doing, even though I'm supposed to get on this call. And I'm like, all right, what kind of business are you thinking? Like, what would you like to do? He's like, something where I, I don't, I don't think I want to work for other people. I think I want to do it myself. I'm like, okay, that's called an entrepreneur. That's a very difficult road, but mm -hmm. it's all we do. You know, you just can't help yourself. So building up like, Hey, you can do that. I just want, you to know, it's a lot of hard work. I never want them to get into something and think like, it's just been so easy for mom. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been so easy for mom and dad to do that. Um, they've seen, they've worked in the coffee shop. They've had to bust tables. They've had to, mm-hmm. you know, wipe down stuff. Penelope comes with me and does like merchandise. It's, I just include your kids, like whatever you're Mm -hmm. doing, include your kids in what it looks like to be doing a business that they're interested in, or Mm -hmm. I don't know, or learn it and help them get into it. Yeah. I love that. What's one thing you would tell a woman who's just starting out and wants to create, whether it's an online business or do like, um, network marketing or just start, where would you tell them to start? I would just say you are going to just have to start by doing everybody wants Mm -hmm. to have like a business plan. And then they're like, and actually now I need a new wall art that says a phrase that's going to be really inspirational for me in the morning. And I need to repaint this um, chair and, you know, and then Mm -hmm. I need to learn everything there is to learn about online business or network marketing, or I would say, actually that's, that's a waste of time for now. You need to be, um, you need to be generating income. Like if what you're doing, if painting that desk is not generating income, you need to, we have to pivot right Mm -hmm. now. What's going to make you money is putting yourself out there, asking Mm -hmm. for the sale, not a weird way, but like putting yourself out there as far as like, Hey, this is my new business. This is what I sell. If you buy this, Mm -hmm. I would love for you to buy from me. Um, and learning how to take care of those customers, like beyond what anyone else can do because they can get that product from anyone really mm-hmm. probably. Um, but they, what you're selling is like, it would be like a real estate agent. Why do we stick with our real estate agents? Because they guide us step-by-step step through the next thing, through the next thing. They make these really difficult things seem a, a little bit easier. They, they are holding a flashlight for us. Like, okay, this way, now this way, now this turn, now whatever, I've done this before. This is what you do. And just, you know, I would say move into action, move into action immediately, like go sell what you're selling and do it now. Like how many, how many of your kits can you sell today? How many sales can you make today? Um, and that is what I don't think people understand about network marketing is like, Oh, it's so easy. Oh, you're at the top of the pyramid or, and they say all these rude things, but (laughs) I'm like, actually I just spent four hours on my phone and direct messages or texting 10 people or, um, you know, running point on customer service. Something didn't go right. Um, here I am throwing my own money at a shipping disaster. That wasn't even my fault. Um, you know, just it's, if you are going to run your own business, you've got to, you've got to move into action. And you, the other thing I would say is don't let anybody tell you no. Nobody gets to tell you that you, you can't do this or that you have to stop or that, um, you know, it's not going to work out for you. Like, no, I, I was told that by family. I was told that by Mm -hmm. friends. I was, you know, it's crazy what people feel like they should tell you (laughs) when you're really putting yourself out there. But, Mm -hmm. um, nobody gets to tell you, no, you get to make that decision. If I'm going to continue doing this or I'm not. And if you can withstand a lot of no's, you'll do well in this business. It's mostly no's. And then you get some really good yeses. So um, it's perseverance, really. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. 
Um, last but not least, I wanted to ask you about community building. You've written about this in articles and it's something that you're passionate about, but I thought it would be fun to talk about building community in, during a season of COVID and this crazy world we're living in right now. Um, and I think that probably might look different depending on where you live. Um, I know that we just moved in May back to the Midwest from Phoenix and what it looked like in Phoenix was completely different than what it looked like here in the Midwest. Um, but how have you been able to, with your husband, with your family and the friends that you have kind of sustain community during a weird season of COVID in the world? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is hard for people because what we've done to ourselves and I think what COVID amplified is we've been on the internet too much. And so we don't know how to um, make actual real life community. And we mm -hmm. think that these online communities, which are great and serve a purpose and have sometimes been a lifeline for us. But we think that now that is the only way to do that or we're addicted to doing it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just stuck on our phones. And so here comes COVID and then we don't know how to make we don't know what to do with our neighbors when we're also afraid to even talk to our neighbors. So for me, it's like, I'm sustaining community that was already built. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to rebuild community during this crisis, although it can still happen. And mm -hmm. we are building a new community basically inside of like our new grades that we're in, you know, kids come in that are new into our grade and now we're working on including them and in some new community. So, it can be done and it needs to be done, but it's as simple as playing in your front yard. We all hide yeah. in our homes and we all hide in our backyard and we are not saying hi to people getting their mail at the mailbox. We um, aren't talking to people that are our neighbors. We don't, a new neighbor comes in. I, it's like we have, we have forgotten how to be humans. We don't mm. knock on the door and say hi. And you can still social distance and do that, you guys. Like you can knock on the door, take 10 steps back, to say, I know the times are weird. I just want you to know we are down the street. If you need anything, here's my phone number. That's, that's easy to do, but you know, a lot of people won't do that. So I would say just work really hard on saying hello to your neighbors, get a neighbor group text going. I know some people hate those, but that's been really sustaining for our community when we couldn't go out or we didn't know we could go out. You know, it was just so weird during that time. And now we just sit in our driveway and we'll have like a wine night. Tonight is a, a, a wine night and we just make a big circle in the driveway. And some of our neighbor, you know, it just depends who you're with, but like they'll chalk, circle off like six feet apart and, um, and you bring your own wine and you bring your own like chair and all that. So there's ways to do it. You just have to put yourself out there and say like, hey, everyone is invited. I'm going to be in the driveway tonight. Anyone is welcome over. We'll say, say your boundaries, say, we're going to do six feet apart. We're going to do whatever. And un unfortunately we're, it's just such an opinionated time that we don't know how to invite people in without pummeling them with our maybe opinions or beliefs or politics. And mm -hmm. I just really, when you're making community, you need to love the person that's right in front of you. They don't actually need to know everything you think about masks or um i'm like what is a hot topic that's so polar like i even said that and i cringed 
um, they don't actually need to know who you're voting for um, on your first neighborhood get together. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just the internet has just really changed mm -hmm. our lack of, we just, we lost it. So I would say when you think about how Jesus lived his life and how he communicated with people he just met them right where they were at and he mm -hmm. did not ask them their viewpoints on the uh, political systems in place he actually just saw their needs and and he met them there and he gave them jesus and and he was the hands and feet and i think if we could do that for our communities i think our friendships would thrive i think our businesses would thrive my first goal isn't to make a sale my first goal is to get to know the people that are right in front of me and, and if it happens to come, you know, if someone, my neighbors eventually want to buy oils for me, I'm like, cool, I have them here. But, um, I'm not thinking about that when I talk to them, I'm thinking, gosh, how was your day? How, oh my God, mm -hmm. tell me about your mom again. How is she doing? Um, someone's putting their dog down. That's devastating. You know, I'm like, I'll bring you, I'm bringing you a meal tonight whatever's a big deal to them, it may not be a big deal to you. And you may think mm -hmm. that's so silly. Like who cares that their dog died? I'm like, okay, let's also put a compassionate hat on and meet them where their pain is and, and, and just be generous with whatever you have. You may not have a lot of money, but you have words and you can encourage people instead of using your words on the internet to pummel someone with your political opinions that they don't care. They don't care about. Mm -hmm. They don't know you. They'd be like arguing with strangers. So, um, I'm not saying you, you, I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm saying, how do we do that with, with seeing the person first with a listening ear, not a rebuttal mm -hmm. and, and just trying to love people beyond their viewpoints. They're not all going to believe like you. And even if they vote the exact opposite, would that change you bringing a meal for them when something sad mm -hmm. happens or hard or a surgery or whatever it is, you know? So I would say it's the same thing in business. You need to just move in action and move in love. Like if you're doing mm -hmm. those two things, you're really, you'll be okay. Even if people misinterpret any of that, at the end of the day, you get to go to sleep knowing that you did your best to love those that were right in front of you. Mm -hmm. The last question that I ask all my guests is who or what is helping you flourish in this season that you're in? Um, I listen to a lot of music and I think we need to just have things in our ears that are good for our hearts and our brains. So if you can do that at the beginning of the day, there's an album I'm freaking obsessed with right now called Love Secrets. It's like a pink cover and it has a heart on the front, like a literal heart, a body part heart. And um, I'm trying to think, why can't I think of the artist? Ben, I don't know, don't just look. Spotify Love Secrets with the pink album. And the song I love is Made for Jesus. It is like, I don't know if you ever did catechism or anything like that. I didn't grow up doing that. But it's like getting these things, you kind of memorize them and songs help me do that. So memorizing the truth through song is super helpful for me. So thinking on I was made for Jesus, actually 
informs how I live my life that day because I'm actually not made to withstand this heartache. I'm actually not made to um, lead people to politics. I'm actually, who am I made for? I'm made for Jesus. And if, if that's not where I'm constantly putting my affections and putting my, all my willpower on social media is if I'm not leading people to laugh and love, and maybe that's how I get them in. Maybe they come in for a laugh, but guess what they're going to get in two days. They're going to get a lot of Jesus. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so weird. You didn't know I was into Jesus. Well, <laughs> surprise is all I talk about. So you know, if I'm not leading people in that way. So I think get good, get good music in your ears. If that's how you, that's how I really hear the Lord. And I just love music. So whatever that is for you, maybe it's reading the Bible through audio. Maybe it's sitting down and reading a devotional. Maybe it's, if you don't get good things in your ears and in your eyes from the start of the day, it's, it's a, it's rough waters out there. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's good. Okay, Jamie, where can people connect with you online if they want to find out more or read your blog or connect with your businesses? Well, I just, I just started a new website and by I, I mean, I did nothing. I had everyone else do it because I'm like, please don't make me do anything on the internet, but it's jamienado.com. There's no E in my name. And um, my Instagram is just jamienado. And I mean, that's mostly where you will see me. I don't, I mean, I have Facebook too, but that's like, I, that's very interactive and like funny posts and, you know, Facebook is such a trash can fire sometimes. So I try to just be like really kind of lighthearted or I'll put my writing out on there or something, you know, like, um, so Jamie Baker NATO on Facebook and that's probably all you need to know. All right. And I will link all this stuff in the show notes for people so they don't have to remember. They can just go visit the show notes and check it out. Well, thank you, Jamie, for joining me for this conversation today. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Flourish Together podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Jamie. If this podcast has impacted you, I'd love for you to leave it a rating and review. Jump on over to whatever listening platform you're enjoying the podcast on and leave us a rating. This really helps spread the mission of the podcast even farther, and it helps other people hear about the show when you guys go in and rate and review it. And I would love for you to share this episode with Jamie Nato and I on your social media platforms. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Andrea M. Worley so we can connect after the show. And if you want, you can go ahead and head to my Instagram and I'll have shareable slides there that you can share with friends and tag Jamie in that promo stuff. Thank you guys again for listening. You can find show notes to this episode, freebies and more at my website, andreamworley.com.